Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. China's Alamo, the real story behind the 800 heroes. This week in China's history, October 27, 1937. Written by James Carter. Published in The China Project. Read by Anthony Tao. The image of a last redoubt is powerful. Remember the Alamo became a rallying cry far beyond Texas, spawning Hollywood movies almost two centuries after all the defenders of a Mexican mission were killed. From Masada in ancient Palestine to Snake Island in Ukraine, a small group of doomed defenders fighting against the odds can have motivational power far beyond the strategic or tactical value of the fight. Reported in Western newspapers at the time as China's Alamo, the Sihang Warehouse in Shanghai, also known in English as the Chinese Mint Go Down, became the focus of world attention in the fall of 1937, when 400 some Chinese troops held off the Japanese army with little hope of victory. While the world watched is a figure of speech, but in this case the fighting was a literal spectator event, as residents and refugees in Shanghai's international settlement stood just yards away on the opposite bank of Suzhou Creek. Protected by the neutrality of the European powers, onlookers could see the fate of Shanghai's last Chinese defenders play out before their eyes. The stage for this drama was set in the summer. The Marco Polo Bridge incident in July had touched off Japan's long-anticipated invasion of China. Japan quickly occupied northern coastal cities in the area around Beiping, Beijing's name while it was not the capital from 1927 to 49. But Chiang Kai-shek responded not in the north, but in Shanghai. On August 14, Chinese forces attacked Japanese troops in Jiabei district, triggering some 300,000 reinforcements to arrive from Japan. For the next two months, in the words of historian Eric Niederost, quote, the battle for Shanghai became a slaughterhouse, a stalemate that conjured memories of Verdun and the Somme, end quote. And Stalingrad on the Yangtze was how Peter Harmson subtitled his definitive book on the subject, Shanghai 1937. Crucially, Shanghai was divided. The center of the city was the international concessions, the international settlement and the French concession, all but colonies that were administered by foreigners and existed for all practical purposes outside of Chinese control and jurisdiction. Since Japan was at war with none of the European or American powers that ran the concessions, these were neutral ground, and Japan was unwilling for now to bring other countries into their war with China. Japan's goal was to eliminate the Chinese defenders and take control of all of Shanghai, except for the foreign concessions. What to do with them would be left for another day, but the first goal was to overcome Chinese resistance. By mid-October, it was clear that the Chinese forces could not prevent Shanghai from falling to the Japanese. This was not wholly unexpected. But the worrisome part was that 
Chang needed to withdraw his armies if he was to have any hope of continuing to prosecute the war. This would be difficult, with the Japanese monitoring all Chinese movements. Somehow, on the night of October 26, the Chinese forces managed to vacate their positions and slip undetected north of Suzhou Creek and into the international settlement, neutral territory. The sole exception was one battalion. The 1st Battalion of the 524th Regiment, left behind to serve as a symbol of Chinese resistance. By stroke of good fortune for the Chinese, and exceptionally poor planning by the Japanese, this lost battalion took refuge in a warehouse. The Sihang, or Four Banks Warehouse, turned out to be a perfect setting. Harmson describes the warehouse as a virtual fortress. Its thick walls provided rifle slots for firing upon approaching soldiers with impunity. And even if it was surrounded on three sides, the fourth side faced Suzhou Creek and the Lise Bridge, which led to the safety of the international settlement. Xie Jinyuan took control of the battalion and gathered the soldiers of his unit together until, by morning on October 27, he had some 411 soldiers. 411 versus hundreds of thousands of Japanese, defending the Sihang warehouse. Chiang Kai-shek had brought the war to Shanghai on purpose. It was a risk exposing China's largest city to urban combat, but he was gambling that the bloody spectacle would unite people at home and abroad in support of his cause. Quote, Even North China, historian Rana Mitter writes in his History of the Sino-Japanese War, Forgotten Ally, felt remote when viewed from the populous Yangtze Delta where Shanghai lies, end quote. Moreover, to quote Mitter again, by bringing the war to Shanghai, Chang forced the world to take notice. Chang may not have literally wanted the world to watch, but what happened at the Sihang warehouse is hard to exaggerate. Sitting on rooftops or lining the banks of Suzhou Creek, just 60 yards away from the fighting, residents of the international concession witnessed the war played out before their eyes. Nidorost writes, It became a kind of sporting event, with Chinese spectators crowding Suzhou Creek's banks to cheer on the defenders. At times, an estimated 30,000 Chinese joined British soldiers and other Westerners to watch the show. When the crowd saw a Japanese movement, they would pass on the information to the defenders via enormous message signs and characters large enough to read from a distance. End quote. Food, medicine, and other supplies were relayed to the defenders, sometimes over the Lusa Bridge under cover of darkness, in other cases sent by pulleys across the creek. With foreign correspondents reporting from the literal front lines, the quote, suicide battalion to quote New York Times reporter Hallett Abend, was scoring a global propaganda victory, capturing headlines around the world. After three days, and with Japanese artillery brought fully to bear against the warehouse, orders were given, in violation of the concession's neutrality, to evacuate the lost battalion to the safety of the international settlement. There was no real plan, Harmson writes. Quote, they would simply have to run across the bridge as fast as they could. The Japanese did notice the evacuation and open fire. They just had to hope that the machine guns didn't kill too many of them, end quote. Miraculously, of the 411 defenders who bore arms on the morning of October 27, 356 reached the safety of the international settlement. The parallels to the Alamo 
continue in film. The top-grossing movie of 2020 was an epic account of the defense of the Sihang warehouse, titled The 800, Bye Bye. How did the story of some 400 men become known as The 800? Apparently, Yang Reifu, one of the commanders of the defense, told medics evacuating wounded from the warehouse to say that there were 800 men there, fearing that if the Japanese knew how small the real number was, they would overrun them. So, forevermore they are, as the title of a 1976 film about the warehouse says, The 800 Heroes.